0: Greetings, God's Beloved. Thanks for tuning in to the Sermon Podcast from Reformation Lutheran Church in downtown Las Vegas. Our readings today come from 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 1 through 13, and the Gospel of Mark chapter 4, 35 through 41. Thanks for listening. God bless. When evening had come, Jesus said to the disciples, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. Other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. Then the wind ceased, and there was dead calm he said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great awe and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, you Lord Christ. You may be seated. Grace and peace to you from God our Father in heaven and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. When I was a kid, I would watch reruns of old TV shows. It was on Nick at Night, or Nickelodeon, or one of those. And, and uh, I loved The Monkees, because I loved music, even though that show was as <laughs> bad as they come, I suppose. The Munsters, they're getting a new movie next year. That'll be interesting. Uh, Dennis the Menace, great show, great show, the classics. Uh, but one I'm sure you'll remember, The one you'll you'll definitely remember is The Lone Ranger. Of course, right? And the show actually ran on television from 1949 to 1957, but those reruns must have been on for four decades. Before there was Chuck Norris, there was Clayton Moore, the last Texas Ranger. And every episode included great action and wrongs having been made right and the Lone Ranger riding off into the sunset. And then someone would ask, who was that masked man? Now you remember, now you remember. But did, didn't they know who it was? Like, I mean, the town wasn't that big, right? They, they had they just seen him ride into town, and surely he must have had a reputation by now, riding in on his trusted horse, Silver and he'd rescued those in danger and he'd solve the problem and beat the bad guys and generally save the day, how could they not know him? Well, the mask, of course, we, we, you know, we get it now. It covered his eyes, although I guess it was really like three square inches around his eyes, so there was no way of recognizing him. And this was clearly the same generation that had a hard time uh, distinguishing Superman and Clark Kent because of a pair of glasses. I mean, in order for us to, uh, you know, enjoy the fantasy of the show, to, to really get into it, we have to suspend our disbelief, right? We have to kind of turn off that part of our brains that recognizes, so we know what's really going on here, so that we can get into the story. And we want to see how the action plays out. We want to enjoy the tale along with the townspeople, so we play along. We go, I, know, I know who that is, but I'm going to act like I don't know. This story of Jesus calming the sea is kind of like that too, for us anyway. We hear it, and we know who Jesus is. We're waiting for it. We're waiting to see what Jesus is going to do, because we know he's going to do something big. Or at the very least, we aren't surprised when he does what seems to be miraculous to the fearful disciples in the boat. We're in on it. We get it. We're not afraid. But they were still trying to figure it out. Who is this Jesus, and what must his actions and identity mean for them and for the world? But I mean, in this well-known story, there are plenty of things that might make us wonder. Why would they cross the sea at night in the first place? Didn't they know a storm was coming? These were fishermen. They kind of knew this territory, didn't they? And how can Jesus be asleep in the back of the boat, and the waves are rocking and rolling, and the ship is moving? He's a strong sleeper, but it makes sense. But let's not judge these disciples too harshly, okay? Well, sure, they'd seen Jesus heal the sick and cast out demons. They had to know there was something special about him. But there were others who did works of healing too. Yes, there were people who performed exorcisms. But Jesus was a different kind of teacher, gave his power and authority away. He was teaching them and revealing God and the kingdom around them in their midst. And they were following him maybe to see what he would do next. So the author of the Gospel of Mark writes this down, shares this story around a time uh, that there were just as many storms going on in, in that world. This is the time of the destruction of the temple, about 70 A.D. All right, So think about 37 years after, after Jesus' death. Something like that. And those who were hearing Mark's good news knew about storms, too. Bible scholar David Jacobson from Boston University describes the era. The center of worship was destroyed. The cultural and religious center of the people no longer holds. And in the midst of all this chaos, when the world as known was ending, here this Jesus is revealed not as one more therapist or miracle worker, but as a revelation of God's extraordinary cosmic purpose in the person of this ordinary Jesus. And just like you or I after a long day of work, this Jesus needs a nap. The storms were real. The people were afraid. And the one taking place in their society and the one there on the sea, so they were putting these things together, right? It's a place where the winds there on the Sea of Galilee, the winds can whip this sea up quickly, And the waves can get large enough to topple a boat, sure. And we hear in the reading, there were other boats out there with them. Now, we know Israel and Judah weren't generally seafaring societies. They left that to the Phoenicians. The sea was dangerous. It was unknown. This was a place of chaos, where the monsters came from. So we can understand. The disciples on the boat are understandably afraid. Who can save them? And they've tried to let him rest But Jesus is their last hope So they have to go and they wake him up And they wonder if he doesn't care about the storm Doesn't care about their lives or their safety How can he sleep at a time like this? They must be offended But he wakes up And with a word, rebukes the wind He says to the sea, peace, be still And it happened The sea became calm and the wind ceased. Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? From then until now, the world has known fear. Humanity has had to contend against chaos, wind and waves. We've been through our own storms here too. Oppression, war, inequality, disease, distrust. From the Strand in Galveston, June 19, 1865. To Stonewall in Greenwich Village, June 28, 1969. And to today, people have known the tension between fear and faith. Those who survived enslavement had faith. That a day was going to come when they would know liberation. Those who'd been victimized or maimed or killed for their sexual orientation still had faith that they could begin to bring change for the community, even while they were afraid. So we've seen storms here too, right? Mass shootings, economic crisis, protests, along with droughts and fires and floods. We've been through a global pandemic. So put that one on your list. And I don't know that we've survived it yet. We're still in it, we've been through it. We've seen the unemployment and the underemployment and the isolation and the anxiety and the depression, homelessness and hunger it has brought with it. And we find ourselves still out on the sea. And if we're not afraid for ourselves, we can at least be fearful for those who are going through their own storms or what yet may come our way. So we are exhausted and we are irritated and frustrated and fearful at times. And maybe our faith is running low or it seems that way. And we need to be renewed. And these are times we turn to Jesus. Especially when we're at our lowest, when we're at the end of our rope, at the bottom of the pit and we cry out to God. And Jesus hears. And Jesus knows. And Jesus will act. And we can be renewed because we know Jesus is faithful for us. Even when our faith is running low, Jesus is faithful. And when we cry out, our community hears it too. And people show up and they share a meal. And they come together to sing and pray. To give blood. Their food. To give their labor. We come together. We build each other up. Even through the fear. And faith sustains us. Strengthens us. And makes us new. Why is Jesus sleeping? Well, he's Jesus. He's not afraid. He knows what he will do. And he's not worried. These other guys in the boat, of course, they don't quite know yet who he is or what he's capable of. They're still figuring out what that means for them in the story. They're about to find out. He wakes up, he doesn't ask them to do anything, right? He doesn't require a prayer or an oath or an offering. He does what they cannot do for themselves. He rebukes the wind. He calms the sea. And the word rebuke in the story, it's the same word used back in chapter 1. In the Greek, it, it can mean to instruct by warning. But it means To to rebuke, it's the same word he uses when he casts out demons. It demonstrates his authority over the powers of evil in the world. It's also a teaching word. He's instructing his followers during this event. This fully human, fully sleepy Jesus demonstrates the fully divine power of God over the sea at night. The powers of chaos and darkness for the sake of the disciples, for those around them, and they still wonder, who is this guy? Jesus, the one who calms the wind and the waves, who rebukes them and the demons that still haunt us, is the one we turn to in our times of fear, renews us through faith. It's not just about our faith, but Jesus' faith in the goodness and perseverance of God over the powers of evil that still exist, And the ultimate victory in his cross through the death and resurrection, his victory over our failings and our fears and over death itself. Jesus is the son of God who is with us always and sends us power too through the Holy Spirit to change our hearts, to open us up for the world around us, to bind us to him and to one another, to remind us of this love that sustains us, that renews us Physically, inside and out, renews us for the world, renews us in faith for a new day. His faithfulness guides us and leads us for the sake of those in the boats around us, for our neighbors. And when they are afraid or facing their own storms, we get to be the ones to remind them not to be afraid. Jesus is here. Because it's Jesus that moves us from fear to faith and renews us along the way. Our fears warn us and instruct us. But Jesus calms our fears so they don't paralyze us. He casts them out. He rebukes them. And his voice calls us to trust in his identity as the one who can save. His cross reminds us who he is so that we don't have to ask, who then is this? But to trust and believe that he is our Lord and Savior who carries us through the storms of life and brings us safely home. Amen.